political dynamic where Republicans are worried about their base, uh, and it's going to require courage, the kind of courage that Mitt Romney demonstrated, um, for those senators to follow their oath. Uh, you know, I don't think there's much debate that if this were a secret vote, mm-hmm. uh, Trump would be convicted in a heartbeat, which means that it's not about the facts anymore. It's about political courage. And, uh, I, I wanted I, to ask you specifically about Romney. He was the lone Republican to break with his party a year ago, uh, gave that emotional, striking speech on the floor on why he was going to vote to uh, convict the president. Can you talk about this year, where we're looking at perhaps not just Romney that may vote to convict the president? Well, I think that Romney demonstrated uh, a level of courage that drew the respect of uh, his colleagues. And uh, and I think there are a number of senators that really weighed uh, voting to convict a year ago, um, but, but didn't. Uh, and now they have seen what that acquittal wrought. Uh, there is a direct line from from that exoneration a year ago to where we are to get today. Uh, had he been convicted and removed, the country would not have had to go through this. And they have to be thinking, um, do we want to see this happen again in four years if we don't disqualify this man? How do I justify that? And so uh, I think that the the last trial uh, um, is, is the backdrop for this one. And I do think that helps to move any number of senators towards conviction now, it's still obviously a very tall mountain to get to two-thirds, um, but with the introduction now of witness testimony, you have added uncertainty. That was part of the reason why we wanted John Bolton. He was not only in the room, not only corroborated our case, um, but as, as some of the Republican senators said, you know, the House already proved the case five ways. Do we need it to prove them six ways? The benefit of bringing in that witness was the potential to open the door for other information that might turn the tide, and that's what the manager's are hoping here. Congressman, I know I know it was a strange timetable to, to move forward with this impeachment. President Trump was on his way out of office, but but what about the argument from from his defense that that really that the House had not fleshed out its investigation? Key questions like this should have been answered before an impeachment vote. You, of course, led an incredibly lengthy uh, investigation with, with really dramatic hearings that provided a lot of this evidence before the the case moved to the Senate. Well, you know, it's interesting to hear the president's defenders say, look at how the House managers uh, um, gave all that due process in the first trial uh, and applauding the investigative work we, we did. Last year they were criticizing for us for that. Last year they were saying we weren't providing due process, so they're going to make that generic argument no matter what the circumstances are. As the House managers showed, there's no shortage of evidence. The evidence is overwhelming. Uh, the evidence is in the public record. It's the president's own words and deeds and statements and tweets. Uh, it's what took place. It's what's shown on that video. So um, the, the House managers this year were able to put that case together very quickly because it's so overwhelming and it was so public. Uh, and and the, the due process claim that the defense is making now is completely belied by the fact that they had the chance to put on their defense. Mm-hmm. They had the chance to call the president uh, and... Uh, Jamie Raskin was exactly right today. You want to call witnesses who have first information? You need to do your own work? Just talk to your client. Uh, There's no one in a better position to explain why he did nothing when the Capitol was under attack and his own vice president was threatened than Donald Trump. You're listening to special coverage from NPR News. We are talking to Adam Schiff, who was, of course, the the lead impeachment manager the last time Donald Trump was impeached. Uh, Mr. Schiff, before we let you go, a quick question from uh, Nina Totenberg. 
I don't know if it's quick. Uh, Congressman, Congressman, it strikes me that uh, Jamie Butler is 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 uh, is is hardly the the best person to start with, even though she has new information because she is a hearsay witness. If you're going to do one witness, why not then ask for a package of several, including, you know, you could go to the White House and say, you know, call the president's lawyer. I mean, we learned in the court's rule during during the Clinton impeachment that a a lawyer who knows of potentially illegal conduct in the White House isn't immune from being a witness. So uh, why not those? Well, look, it's very possible that the House managers decide to pursue those other witnesses, but it's also possible that, you know, what they're calculating is what we saw a year ago, which is if you have witnesses who do not want to cooperate, they can tie you up uh, for a very long time. Um, and and so they have to weigh uh, the, the immediacy um, of putting on these witnesses, of hearing this testimony, of not letting the trial prolong too much uh, that you lose the focus uh, on the, the evidence and, and what's taken place um, with the, the need to bring in people with first-hand information. I think that Herrera Butler uh, is a perfect candidate for the first witness. Uh, you're right. Some of what she has to say may be hearsay, uh, but hearsay is admissible in a Senate trial. Uh, and, uh, and if the uh, defense wants to try to contradict it, let them call Kevin McCarthy uh, if the Senate decides uh, they think that testimony would be pertinent. So uh, I think this is a witness who adds a lot of value to the House case, presents very little risk, uh, has the possibility of opening the case up to other witnesses in the White House um, who are willing um, and, and potentially some who are not willing but none of that is foreclosed by this first witness, and, and new possibilities are opened. California Congressman Adam Schiff, the uh, lead impeachment manager the last time around, providing some insight as we all wait to see what happens next in the second impeachment trial of the former president. Thank you so much for joining us, Congressman. Thank you. And just to reset where we are now, uh, today was supposed to be uh, a rare Saturday session on what people thought might be the final day in this historic trial, um, the second impeachment trial of uh, Donald J. Trump. Um, we were hearing arguments this morning from lead Democratic prosecutor Jamie Raskin. He's from Maryland, basically calling to hear from a Republican congresswoman who's claimed to overhear a conversation uh, with House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy um, f- about a conversation he had with President Trump on January 6th. This has opened up the door to the conversation about more witnesses, which in a vote we heard earlier today, 55 to 45, senators have approved to move forward with. Um, All the open questions now include how these witnesses um, will be prepared, how they'll be presented, um, the procedure going forward. Scott Detrow is here with me uh, hosting this afternoon. And Scott, I know there's um, plenty of analysis that we're going to have later on some of these open questions, including response from the White House. Right. We are we are waiting to hear what the current White House has to say about this, the Biden White House. Uh, briefly, Tamara Keith, we're going to take a quick break in a moment or so. But uh, remind us, the Biden White House has not been too excited about this impeachment trial taking place and probably has a lot of open questions about this this uh, idea that it could last a whole lot longer now. Yeah, I can't say that I'm surprised that I haven't heard back from the Biden White House when I asked them to weigh in on uh, today's developments, in part because they have tried 
every way they possibly can not to talk about this impeachment, not to weigh in it, in on it, not to say what they want to happen, uh, because what they want to happen is to pass the president's um, American Rescue Plan, a $1.9 trillion plan to uh, help bail out the country from the coronavirus pandemic. That uh, that plan is currently being written out in the House of Representatives as the Senate is uh, holding this impeachment trial. Again, a quick reminder, the Senate is in a quorum call. Here's what happened today. The House Democratic side, Jamie Raskin, lead impeachment manager, began the day saying that he did want to call a witness. Jamie Herrera Butler of Washington State She's a House Republican. She's somebody who voted to impeach Trump and said that she had a conversation with Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader. McCarthy told her when he was on the phone with President Trump in the middle of the attack on the Capitol, Trump expressed sympathy for the attackers, said that they seemed to to care about the attack more than than the people in the building. And that's raised a lot of questions about his mindset and whether he approved of what was going on. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to live special coverage from NPR News. Support for WJFF comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com and from listener donations at WJFFradio.org. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Radio Catskill keeping you connected here sun trying to break through these clouds it is overcast here uh, there's a slight chance of some snow today precipitation is likely tonight and right now they're saying it might be freezing drizzle so it starts off as unfrozen up in the sky and hits the ground and freezes overnight low down to 18 tonight little to no accumulation You're listening to live special coverage from NPR News. And if you're just joining us, we are, of course, watching the Senate impeachment trial of Donald Trump. Senators have, in fact, voted to hear from witnesses, and they're hammering out the details of that process now. As they are waiting, we are hearing from some of those some of those senators in the hallways. Here is Colorado Democrat Michael Bennett. Can I ask you what you thought about the vote for additional witnesses? I think that it's appropriate that we should have witnesses and... um, Hopefully they can negotiate a, a reasonable agreement and we can continue. Something less than 100? Huh? <laughs> Something less than 100? I think, I think that, uh, you know, to see a lawyer stand there and sort of threaten people with that kind of, you know, that kind of thing is it's kind of embarrassing, really. We also heard from Kansas Republican Senator Jerry Moran. Days? Months? months? Do you guys, can you guys work out some kind of deal? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean that's, that's the attempt at the moment, is to see what the parameters of witnesses might be. But it's got to be fair and, lo- and not lopsided. And we've got to make certain that the time necessary to uh, take depositions with witnesses occurs. And we want to add one more voice here, uh, an ally of former President Trump. It's Senator Ron Johnson. Do you think, it sounds like the defense is they want to call lots of witnesses. Well, again, if you go down the path of witnesses, I mean, you, you open it up. And, and if you're really going to have any semblance of fair due process, you've got to let the defense team put on a case. 
And uh, and we are we should explain what's going on here in the middle of this pandemic. Reporters have kind of created a big pool system. So there's a lot of sound of of phones being held at a distance to senators wearing masks and a little bit muffly. But uh, Kelsey Snell is now with us. She's NPR's congressional correspondent. We have a lot of uh, a, a lot of people who used to cover or currently cover Capitol Hill for NPR with us. Claudia Grisales, uh Tamara Keith, Nina Totenberg. Kelsey, let me start with you. We really expected we knew what was going to happen today, and that's that this trial was going to end. Things got really off script very quickly. And as you can hear, the senators who are making the decisions seem to have no idea what happens next. Well, part of the reason they don't seem to know what happens next is because the rules themselves are unclear about what happens next. I mean, they, the organizing resolution, which is what the Senate had to pass to in order to turn themselves into a court of impeachment, basically just says that, you know, that the rules say uh, that the witnesses president. would be deposed first and the parties and managers of defense. Unanimous uh, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader. Without objection, so ordered. Uh, Mr. President, I, as I understand it, there are discussions underway, and so I ask unanimous consent the Senate recess until 12.30 p.m. Is there objection? Hearing none, we stand in recess till 12.30. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, there you go. The Senate had been um, quiet ever since that first quorum call after that vote to uh, vote to move forward with at least one witness. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, has now asked that the Senate recess until 1230, a little less than an hour from now. Uh, Kelsey, I don't think that's an indication one way or another that a roadmap has been figured out to go forward here. Well, no, because so they they basically had to recess because the rules say that um, any witness has to be deposed and the other side given time for discovery before they can testify before the Senate. But that's about it. They don't say anything about how witnesses uh, would be admitted, what how their testimony should be gathered. They have to pass a whole new set of rules, it seems. It's entirely possible that they may need to vote again on a completely different set of rules to govern what happens next, because, frankly, they weren't expecting this. There was tons of political pressure for them to wrap this up quickly. Uh, we know, As we've noted, there's pressure from the Biden administration to move on because they have $1.9 trillion in coronavirus relief they'd like to pass. Mm -hmm. And Republicans also want to move on because they would very much like to stop talking about former President Donald Trump. Well, one example of of how there was pressure to move quickly was that at first we did not expect to be here today at all. David Schoen, one of Trump's lawyers, is, is Jewish and observant, observes the Sabbath and requested that the Senate not meet on the Sabbath today, Saturday. Uh, He then withdrew that request uh, so that the trial could move forward more quickly. But here we are now on Saturday and the Senate has just uh, has just taken a recess of about an hour as it tries to assess the the road going forward. Claudia Grisales, could you remind us what the question is? What happens next? What was voted on today? Yes. So this morning, Senate uh, House impeachment managers told the Senate that they did want to proceed with this question of witnesses. As Kelsey mentioned, this was something that that appeared to to be decided that perhaps that they would wrap up today. But the question of witnesses delays that further. And so that has triggered a series of discussions for Democrats, for Republicans and some bipartisan conversations on the floor floor of the Senate as well on how to proceed. What is the path forward in terms of these witnesses? The House impeachment managers have only mentioned one, and that is uh, GOP Representative Jamie Herrera Butler. But it's possible that other names could come up uh, from members, and that's what they're trying to sort through right now. And Claudia, we have a little um, tape from this morning for people who are just tuning in. Here's how some of this played out. Here's uh, Jamie Raskin, House impeachment manager, bringing up this issue. 
We would like the opportunity to subpoena Congresswoman Herrera regarding her communications with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and to subpoena her contemporaneous notes that she made regarding what President Trump told Kevin McCarthy in the middle of the insurrection. We would be prepared to proceed by Zoom deposition of an hour or less just as soon as Congresswoman Herrera Butler is available and to then proceed to the next phase of the trial, including the introduction of that testimony shortly thereafter. Uh, so whether uh, Zoom or in person, um, things got testy after that, because here is how the president, uh, this is how Donald Trump's attorney, Michael Vanderveen, responded. The only thing that I ask, if you vote for witnesses, do not handcuff me by limiting the number of witnesses that I can have. Essentially arguing that once that door is open, he wanted it all the way open. He went on to say this. None of these depositions should be done by Zoom. We didn't do this hearing by Zoom. These depositions should be done in person, in my office, in Philadelphia. Which is where he is from, of course. Uh, Tamara Keith, I want to bring you in to talk about um, how and why uh, President Trump's attorneys are taking this approach. Well, part of it is that uh, if Democrats call witnesses, they they, they want to make calling witnesses um, unappealing, uh, and and by saying, well, we've got hundreds or a hundred, um, or as one uh, advisor to the team texted me, lots a lot. Uh, they are they are saying, you know, if you want to open Pandora's box, you can open Pandora's box, and we've got a lot. But of course, as and judging from the response in the room at the time, <laughs> I don't know if Claudia can jump in. I mean, the senators visibly reacted to all of this. Yeah, this was a very unexpected turn of events. It felt like today was in a way preordained in terms of how it was planned out and that they would wrap up today. But you could see the reaction and the huddles and the confusion that have followed on the Senate floor among members for both parties trying to try and stake this path forward on on who these witnesses could be. If it goes beyond the one witness representative, Jamie Herrera Butler, that that the lead manager, Jamie Raskin, asked for. So so, yes, you could see it visibly on the floor. And today. correct me if I'm wrong. Senator Graham changed his vote at one point, right? Exactly. Now, he has talked about this before the trial had started. He had threatened that if we are going to go there, if we're going to go to the question of witnesses, then let's ask a lot more folks that he would be interested in. Uh, hearing from, for example, Democrats. Let's get them to testify as well. This is a similar theme he struck even last year when he talked about the potential of witnesses coming up, that that would open up a can of worms even back then. And again, he kind of repeated that theme that if there are witnesses, I've got a list. It's a long list and it includes a lot of Democrats that we need to hear from. You know, Audie, Claudia, I think um, there's a lot of divide right now. There's a lot. I mean, the Senate is a really good example of it. But I think one thing everyone listening and watching can can unite around is pounding on the table saying you are sick of Zoom and want to do something in person. I mean, maybe that's one reason why the Senate was laughing. Of course, exactly. I don't I don't think, as you mentioned, I do not think the idea of going up to his uh, his office in Philadelphia for depositions is on the table. But uh, it is the big question going forward. How will these dep- depositions take place? When will they take place? How many will there be? And, and Kelsey Snell, how long this trial may be delayed for? Yeah, the, one thing that I think is important to remember when talking about the Senate is a lot of what they do is based on agreements. And this isn't 
a court in the traditional sense. This doesn't have criminal uh, rules of pr- procedure. This is the Senate deciding how the Senate wants to operate. And so they may be able to decide that they want to have a limited number of witnesses. They can decide how they want to depose the witnesses. And a lot of that will be done behind closed doors. Uh, and they will reveal to us when they get to the, to the point of agreement uh, how they will proceed, which means that this entire process is up in the air. And it leaves the entire legislative agenda that the Democrats wanted to move forward in the first 100 days of the Biden administration kind of in suspended animation. And Nina, I want to bring you in here because, of course, trials can take unexpected turns, right? Um, Talk about what you're seeing here. Well, let me go back to the Clinton impeachment for a minute. They did depose uh, Monica Lewinsky and and had it videotaped, but they only used excerpts on the floor of the Senate to make arguments, essentially. Uh, here we're looking at, for example, Senator Graham saying he wants to call lots of witnesses, including Democrats. By that, is, I assume he means uh, somebody like Nancy Pelosi or Maxine Waters, who used fight, 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 and occasionally said, and Maxine Waters, who occasionally says rather un, un, ungoverned things mm-hmm. uh, uh, that they get her into a bit of trouble, not with her constituents, but with her colleagues. But, you know, I really doubt that that Mitt Romney and his colleagues who voted to hear witnesses, that that's really who they want to hear. But where do we go from here? I mean, there are some obvious people to call for the Democrats. They might call, for example, um, the president's lawyer, as I suggested, or White House aides that they must know of, who heard the president uh, saying that he was delighted if he indeed did say that uh, or seeming confused by why weren't there more people embracing the rioters if that indeed did happen Uh, or who had conversations with the president similar to the one that McCarthy has told lots of people, um, according to reports, uh, similar to that, where he was... Uh, weighing in against Pence, even as Pence was in danger and knew that Pence was in danger. Because we've heard White House officials, all of us have heard White House officials say it's impossible that the president didn't know that Pence was being hustled out. Mm -hmm. Because every time the vice president moves or the president moves, you hear that through a speaker system throughout the White House. Well, and so go ahead. Let's let's go to Tamara Keith on that, because, Tam, you spent a lot of time reporting on the relationship between Donald Trump and Mike Pence over the years. How badly was it damaged when the president attacked the vice president for following the Constitution and, as was reported, did not call to check on how he was doing as he hid from a mob trying to, some of at least, trying to kill him? Right. The, the vice president chose loyalty to the Constitution over loyalty to President Trump. Uh, with President Trump, as long as you are loyal, you are loyal. But the second you cross him, all of those years of, you know, loyalty, of looking off into the middle distance as he said things that were inappropriate that Mike Pence did, it didn't matter because he had crossed him. He would not overturn, take an action that he couldn't actually take to try to overturn the result of the election. And it was like six days from the insurrection until they actually spoke, until they had a lunch at the White House. But Um, during those six days... Pence rejected calls to invoke the 25th Amendment and has never really given a clear statement on how he feels about what's happening right now. Pence has kept very quiet on purpose. He would like to have a political future, potentially, and all of this jeopardizes that. But one thing to note, though, is that he came to the inauguration. When President Trump flew off in Marine One and skipped the inauguration, 
Vice President Pence was there at the inauguration to mark the peaceful transfer of power that has happened so many times before. And this witness question, uh, Representative Herrera Butler, the conversation she says she was told about between Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump, this gets to the president's actions once he was allegedly made aware of how bad it was inside the Capitol. That's something a lot of uh, Senate Republicans who have indicated they're open to conviction asked questions about yesterday. And repeatedly, the answer from Trump's legal team was, we don't really know. That's not our place to give you that information. Which now uh, they are given an opportunity to actually find out uh, for all of Trump's team arguing, well, gosh, there hasn't been due process. There haven't been witnesses. It seems as though the House impeachment managers called their bluff. I will say that I have been texting with an aide advising Trump's team who says that they see this as pointless, calling Herrera Butler, at least, is pointless because her statement is out in a press release. She said all of this in a press release, and they say that this is opening the door, dragging out the trial. Uh, the pool reporters at the Capitol have caught up with another of President Trump's advisors, Jason Miller. He has a list uh, that he has held up and photographed, uh, Tam, let me photographed jump in that here includes people he wants called. For just one moment, because Ted Cruz, a Republican from Texas, is at the mics right now in the hallway. Let's listen to him. Managers get witnesses and President Trump doesn't get witnesses. And so if the House managers call Representative Herrera Butler, I think it is very likely that that President Trump's lawyers will call Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is clearly a relevant witness to this matter. Speaker Pelosi can testify as to when she knew about the threats on the Capitol, what she knew specifically. And, And in particular, she can testify. We heard already that the House Sergeant at Arms turned down National Guard protection for the Capitol on January 6th because of, quote, the optics. And I think Speaker Pelosi can can testify as to whether she made a decision based on optics, based on politics, not to have additional uh, protection at the Capitol to prevent the terrorist attack that played out. My view remains we don't need witnesses, but I think if, if the Democrats want to open this Pandora's box, I don't, I don't think it's going to work should, out well for them. President Trump himself need one of the witnesses if there are witnesses, and why not? You know, there is a long tradition in our trials that, that is reflected in, in the Bill of Rights that any individual is not required to testify against themselves to testify at their own trial. I don't think we should uh, attempt to force the president to testify at his own impeachment trial. This is the House managers or the prosecutors. They have the burden of proof. They haven't proven their case. The reason you're seeing this this Hail Mary is everybody knows the outcome of this proceeding, which is that President Trump is going to be acquitted. It takes 67 votes to convict. There aren't 67 votes. And those on the extreme far left are angry right now. And today is a reflection of that anger. Uh, Sure. I I think where we are right now, I think we likely are about 55 votes to convict. I think all of the Democrats are likely to vote to convict. By the way, I think all the Democrats were going to vote to convict on day one. All of the Democrats were going to vote to convict in 2017. Many of these Democrats went on record as Trump was being because he has, in fact, been huddling at times with the defense for President Trump. We are listening to live coverage and listening to the Senate impeachment trial. Um, I want to go to um, Kelsey Snell to talk about what we're hearing there, because it's the kind of first, I guess, voice we're hearing from the Trump team in a way um, about what they're thinking about the idea of witnesses. 
It sounds very much there from uh, Senator Cruz. Like they want to call House Speaker Pelosi and some political witnesses that they think would be useful to them in terms of this being a political trial, um, speaking to their base. Though I, I have Democrats have pointed out to me that that calls for P- Pelosi to testify might not bring out the kind of um, new information, ways to advance the question of what President Trump's role in the insurrection was, things that are, would be relevant to this impeachment. And uh, we are going and the Senate is now in recess right now, as Kelsey was saying, as everyone was saying, they tried to figure out what exactly is going to happen next here. We now have the prospect of at least one witness. The Senate has approved one witness going forward. You have Ted Cruz and other Republicans saying, if not one, why not two, three, four, many hundreds, as Michael Vanderveen said. Uh, this is after both sides concluded their presentations and we had expected closing arguments. We are going to take a quick break here, though, on Capitol Hill. The second impeachment trial continues after some last-minute suspense on the issue of witnesses. The Senate is in recess until 1230 Eastern. So now we're going to take you back to Weekend Edition, and when the Senate returns, the special coverage will return. I'm Scott Detrow. And I'm Audie Cornish. Please stay with us. Again, you're listening to live special coverage of the Senate impeachment trial, the second for Donald J. Trump from NPR News. All right. This is Radio Catskill. And um, I think what we're going to do now is we're going to go to what would usually be on, which is the Janice Adams show. And uh, we're going to have to come out of this about halfway through to get to other programming, uh, to get back to the special programming that's happening here. So uh, we'll we'll be going to this coming up after the headlines. This is WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. We're your community radio station. And uh, to be continued with this special impeachment coverage today. The Homestead School, Lens Bay, New York, Montessori education and life skills for preschool through 8th grade on an 85-acre campus with farm animals. Award-winning solar-powered alternative since 1978. Homesteadschool.com Support for Radio Catskill comes from The Neversink General Store, featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products and catering. Now offering takeout. Neversinkgeneralstore.com And from 